Um, so Luke 24, 13 to 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each, uh, each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And altogether, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them while he broke the bread. The good news of Christ. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Rewind. And hello in Zoom land. Welcome, everybody. Uh, uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, once a month we uh, have gathered as an intergenerational service where we just really value the generations being discipled together. And uh, I got a lot of calls in of families having been away today, but we're still going to follow that format. And, you know, in Psalms it says, one generation proclaims your works to the other. And traditionally we think of the, oh, the older people telling the younger ones about God. But we have come to so value learning from our children. And Jesus, of course, was so strong about that. So to start off today, we have a, a short object lesson from Kathleen, and I have to ask you all to do a favor. If you're physically able to stand, I'd like you to stand and... Oh, not yet, not yet. Huh? I want to have my... 
pre, pre. Oh, you have a pre to the. Okay, so you to go ahead with your pre. Your All right, I'll I'll be back. I just want to welcome you and and say that you're very very welcome and very included in our gathering today. And I teach middle school and high school kids in English regularly Monday through Friday in an after-school tutoring company that I helped start in Canada many years ago. Uh, and then at least three days in the morning, I come and help my daughter who runs the preschool, Montessori and more, just right next door here. And we have a waiting list of three years. And I do the story circle, and I do phonics. And basically, I get on my hands and knees and scrub the walls, <laughs> too. <laughs> but you know, my greatest joy is when I'm out in the community, and all of a sudden, I hear my name. I hear my name, Kathleen. And I turn around, and I'm so happy. It's one of the parents, or it's one of the kids. And they recognize my name. And it really blesses me instead of being called something else, you know? <laughs> you can imagine. So I, in a minute, we're going to do a voice recognition game. This is not a puppet stage. I was thinking, oh. boy, years ago we had puppets, and I love that. But this is going to be where our mystery characters are going to be. And they're going to share some interesting words, and you're going to have a chance to guess. And that's when Gordy's going to get you to turn and face the back. Because we, ha we don't have the gift where people can invisibly move towards this stage. And so anyway, researchers, on a note of sobriety here, or solemnity, at UBC and McGill University, most recently did a huge um, survey across Canada with big cities and little cities and rural areas. And they interviewed hundreds of thousands of people to see who was the happiest right across Canada. And they found that Toronto, the big TO, and Vancouver came out as the most unhappiest, uh, the unhappiest cities in Canada. Why would that be? Anybody want to share why they think people in Vancouver, they love coming here, the mountains, the sea. Lisa said isolation. Lisa said isolation. Now, how is that that we have a very... Oh, oh Joanna said that up on Zoom land, that was Joanna. Sorry, you're <laughs> we're, already, we're already moving into the whole importance of listening. Like, I learned very early on in my marriage that I shouldn't be interrupting my husband all the time, even though he likes to talk for half an hour blocks. Uh, right I on, had sir. to do reflective listening because his love language is being listened to. And so we're going to have an illustration of how you can listen and try to recognize. So part of the whole story today is being recognized. You know, Dan, you know, when you go home, you're going to immediately be recognized, first and foremost, by, I was going to say your dog. See. But it's not going to be the dog. It's going to be Kirsten, right? <laughs> we know that. And um, the people that love us, recognize us, care for us. And, you know, we're going to talk about what does it feel when, when nobody recognizes us, right? So, I'm going to now ask my wonderful husband to come up. Oh, by the way, wh why, why is that? Why are we so unhappy? Some people, some of the researchers say it's because of densification. 
very crowded people and people living in fear and anxiety about trying to find a place to live because it's one of the most unaffordable places in all of North America. And we're seeing an exodus continuously of families that cannot find a three-bedroom condo because they want to have a kid, let alone a dog, right? So that makes me feel like I really would like to have a place here that people feel they're welcome, even if it's like a fire pit outside, you know? Because I had a vision recently of a fire where people would just gather around. We could do s'mores or we could do hot dogs. And people know that we're a friendly place and people feel welcome. So we're going to do the voice recognition. We have two mystery guests coming in a minute. So you have to be able to, Gordy, should, do I need you to do that or can I do it? You can do it. You speak with more authority. Why don't you come? So they might up. not want if to do it, stand, but you have if, to do it. If you can't stand... Uh, you can stay seated and close your eyes, but we prefer if you could stand. And then turn around. And, and no, no peeking. No peeking. That means yeah. you too, Luke. You have to. Okay, now we will have our mystery guest coming out. So keep facing that way, and we'll let you know. Uh, you I'll let you know in a minute you when you can turn around. Okay, our mystery guests are now coming out to hide behind our curtain. And in a minute, I'm going to give them freedom. Freedom. <laughs> All right. Okay, now you can turn around. And you can enjoy yourself. Sit down if you like. Okay, so some people are, are tend to be shy on the mic. And other people aren't. So I had a few things like, should I say, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And you listen and see who is this person person that's speaking but I but I found some mystery characters that are actually more gifted than just repeating what I have to say so are you ready yes Nate no you no they're not they're not fictional they're real people that belong to VEV right at the present moment they're part of our family so we're okay. not guessing they're, they're, they're we're not We're not talking about Bruno Garusi or anybody like that, or Donald Duck, or anything like that. These are real people, okay? And they're not animals, they're human beings. Okay, is that good? All right, ready? Sorry, what part am I reading here for, Trebek? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll let this person speak again because some of you don't look like you're totally enlightened yet actually some of you are falling asleep already <laughs> okay here we go yeah so i you, i just speak into this microphone here yeah right did you hear that voice do you know who that voice is okay anybody is there just two people that know what about over here? This side seems a little more enlightened than this side. Do you guys have any clue? Okay, I'm going to give you another voice. Hello, is this on? <laughs> I know some of you know who that is. Oh, Isaiah, do you know who that is? No. Okay, we'll have a, another run through. We can do like... The more we get together, 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 the more we get together, the happier we will be. 
I think my cover's blown to those on Zoom land. <laughs> I can see the camera. <laughs> They're looking right at me. Shh. <laughs> okay, one more time. Okay, now we're, we're ready to guess, right? I know Joanna is more than ready. <laughs> and Sunny. Okay, one more time of the other voice. Together, together, the more we get together, the happier we'll be. <laughs> okay. So how do we qualify the first voice? The first voice is a bit lower. Who is the first voice? Yeah. Scott. How many of you think it's Scott? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? And who is the second voice? Can't be Joanna. Who's the second voice? Nori. Who said Nori? Yay! So this is all about thank you guys. That was great. Good Welcome team. So just a sobering fact before Gordy comes, the Vancouver Foundation has found that young people, particularly in our city, particularly young people, teens and young people ages 18 to 24, are burdened by a sense of profound loneliness. Now, I've experienced loneliness because I'm too busy. Most people would say, what do you know about Kathleen? Oh, she's very busy. And I'm trying to alter that. I'm trying to change that because the busier I get, the lonelier I get. Even though I love working, but I don't really develop a profound sense of friendship if I'm always on task, always doing something. I just want to be with people that love to be with me and are not talking about what I can do for them. <laughs> sort of thing. But this is, a, this is really a heartbreaker. Why is that? Teens and young people. Is it because they have nowhere to go except McDonald's? So we'll let Gordy come now and teach us about this whole thing of recognition and being together. Thank you, Kathleen. You want to put Awesome, thank you. So, very vivid illustration. Um, I'm gonna quickly use my PowerPoint for another example of recognition. Recognition, as Kathleen said, it's a real part of our text, isn't it? What we read today, um, there was a lack of recognition. How many have ever had somebody not recognize you that you thought they should recognize you? How did it make you feel? Huh? It's kind of like, but you know me, right? It's kind of like that, isn't it? It's kind of a sad feeling, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, like me when I was arrested for being an IRA terrorist in, in England. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, an, another camp story <laughs> to tell. Um, so... Um, Speaking of recognition, and, 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 and it's happened to me too, where, and maybe it's because I've spoken to large crowds sometimes and been in situations where I'm more on the front, but I've had people say, well, Gordy, you know me, right? <laughs> and I don't, or I, I can't remember or can't recognize, and I feel bad, I feel badly about that. But recognition is, I think, a real important part of relationships and, and being present to each other 
And speaking of recognition, um, last week, um, this is my daughter, Danielle, who grew up in this church, and me just getting ready for the sun run, the 10K sun run last week. And uh, most of you have seen these already. This was at the beginning. And, and I discovered, to my joy, uh, Danielle and I, we couldn't run together because she, she they, there's so many people that they, they spread you out into the uh, time estimate that you think that you're going to do. And let's just say I was very conservative <laughs> in my, my time estimate, uh, which actually means I did quite well in my category. But uh, no, um, we were separated once the, they started gathering us to run, and then we met again after the race was over. But then I found out that my starting area was right in the front of the Hotel Georgia, where Kathleen and I had been engaged 45 years ago. So, uh, <clears throat> so I, I'm going to squeal on her. So I sent her a text, and I said, I, I sent her a text, and she says, Go, Gordy, you're ready to go. And she didn't quite get the Hotel Georgia thing right away. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it wasn't very clear in the picture, was it, honey? Yeah. So, uh, so here's the thing. There's this software uh, company that sells you the pictures of yourself running because it's hard to take a selfie of yourself running, right? So there's cameras all through the race, and they take pictures, and all they ask you to do is to upload a selfie. So I did, and to my amazement, I mean, this is only some of the pictures that came. Look at this. So, so you see this? This is, so, this is hilarious, actually. So there I am back there, right? So that's proof that I was running. That's running, right, Dan? That's running, yeah. And uh, I did run the whole race, by the way, uh, except for a 20-second water stop. Now, look at this. This is so hilarious. Look at this. Right there. <laughs> now, now, what's really funny is this girl is walking, and she does look like she's going faster than me running, but that's okay. Uh, and uh, then this one. Oh, yeah, this is the, this, this, you know what this is? That's the finish line. And, and uh, <laughs> CBC or Rogers behind it. So, so what's really funny is they said that you're supposed to smile when you're crossing the finish line. And I just remembered, and actually I sprinted the last maybe 100 200 meters to finish the race and so and then at the very last minute I remembered I was supposed to smile so I tried and I'm not sure if that's a grimace or a smile but uh, anyway I did finish so there you go <laughs> oh my gosh so the it, it really goes well with the orange theme this uh, this month our, our whole um, thing of recognition, and this is how. The, uh, the theme for this month is resilience. Can everybody say resilience? resilience? I don't know, that's kind of a really vogue word for me right now. I love that word, because it's the ability to bounce back and uh, to get up again. And boy, I'll tell you, these people in, and, and many people think the, the two on the road to Emmaus were actually a husband and wife uh, couple that were, were part of Jesus' disciples. And they were talking and so sad. Talk about getting the wind knocked out of you. Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you? Yeah. I remember, some of you have heard me tell this story of, uh, we were on this walkathon in Calgary along the Bow River. They have this beautiful cycle uh, pedestrian shared 
trail, and the cyclist forgot about the sharing bit. And he was coming at me just so fast, and his bell was ringing. He was ringing his bell. And you know how it is when you freeze, and you're not sure if you should go this way or this way? So I kind of went, huh, like that way, and he hit me right here. Like, it was hard. And the next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and I'm going like this. Now, pardon my dramatics, but I'm going, oh! Sorry, I'm not sure how that sounds on Zoom. Oh! I, literally, for about a minute, I, at least, I could not do anything but that. I just, oh! I, I thought I was dying. And uh, they called 911 and checked my ribs, and I was fine. Because within a couple minutes, I started to get my breath back, right? But it's just so scary when you get the wind knocked out of you. And how many have ever had something like that happen to you? Yeah, I mean, when I was in junior high, it happened every other day. Somebody would just punch me. <laughs> That's welcome to that age group uh, for me. Um, but, you know, I just learned, I learned that um, life can be like that too, right? Like it's not just... Physically, we get the wind knocked out of us, but spiritually and emotionally, stuff happens. I mean, I even felt that a little bit today. I had so many calls from people saying they couldn't come today. And I noticed, I noticed the, the wind. I was struggling for just that sense of breath and inspiration. My piano player was sick today. It just, you know, we work so hard. Like I spend 20, 30 hours sometimes preparing for a sermon and then you get all of these calls saying, oh, we're doing this and we can't. And many of it's legitimate. It's, you know, Karen's flying back from Florida today and people are sick. And so it's not, it's not a, a judgment thing. It's just, you feel it, right? There's something about coming together and the breath that, and the life that it brings and so I love the, uh, the orange theme this week that the way we get our breath back is to know that God is always with us. Because I think that one of the reasons we feel like the wind is knocked out of us is it's not what we're going through. It's that we feel alone. We feel alone in what we're doing. And, and so we're, our whole con focus today is on why do we do this? Why do we do this as a church? Why do we come together and break bread? There's something so much about recognizing God's recognition software. Where we, Jesus said, if you do this, you're going to have your eyes open. And you're going to see me. So, so these people on the road to, to Emmaus, they had the wind knocked out of them. You think about it, right? They'd seen Jesus teach thousands of people heal the sick, raise the dead, feed 5,000, walk on water. The Romans will be no trouble for him. It's, it's over, Rome. We are back, right? That, that was their hope. And then to their horror, he's betrayed by one of his best friends. He goes through a fake trial. He's sentenced to death, executed on a Roman cross. And now they find out that some crazy people are saying his body was stolen and that he might even be alive again. And it's just like rubbing salt. So they're, you know, you can just, can you imagine their body language as they're walking and they're talking? They've got the wind knocked out of them. Like some of us are feeling here today. And all of a sudden Jesus walks up and starts 
It, he doesn't say anything at first. Did you notice that? He's just walking with us. And that's part of getting the wind back. It's just, just we just walk with each other. That's kind of this next four months that Joanna was referring to. We just want to walk together. Liter either literally or metaphorically. We, we want to, we've been so separated. I just still see signs everywhere. Now I just want to put my gum on them. I don't chew gum, but I just, it says we stay, how does it, we come together by staying apart or something like that, those signs. I just want to, I'm so sick of that. So sick of that. And yet we want to be wise, right? We want to be loving and how we do come together. But we feel this is a season where we just walk together like Jesus did with these deflated disciples. And then he's, he, he doesn't, I love the fact that he listens. So he, he walks with them and then he listens and he hears and then he asks them some questions, doesn't he? What are you guys so sad about? What are you so upset about? And they said, are you the only person that's blah, 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 you know? And he goes, that, that all these things that have happened, he goes, what things? <laughs> I love that. You know, <clears throat> just something about just drawing people out, even though you think you already know what they, they're going to say. But people need to name their pain. They need to name their grief. They need to name their disappointment. Yeah. Right? It's just so important about being a loving community to, to, be, to let people name, name their deepest selves. You know? To be real. To know, uh, this is who I am. And I'm still... I love that song we sang a few weeks ago. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me the most. And that's what community is meant to be, is to be known and to, in spite of that, to be loved unconditionally. So he walked with them, and of course, um, they, they um, told him their disappointment, their disillusionment, and he says, don't you get it? Don't you know this is supposed to be part of the story? You're still in the story. It's not over. Story's not finished, right? Messiah was supposed to suffer and then come into his glory. You're still in that story. And as, as they get to the village, you know, this maybe husband and wife couple say, you know, it's late. Why don't you stay? You know, you, 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 if the sun's going down, why don't you stay with us? And I like it. Like he, he made like he was going to go on. I think it was Richard Rohr says that God... God only comes where he's invited. God only comes where God's invited. But God really works to make sure that God's invited. <laughs> and they were, their appetites, they just, he left them wanting more, right? So they said, come and eat with us. And so when they were sitting at the table, he took some bread and he gave thanks. All right, anybody under 18, I want you to, I want to, I want to ask you this question. He took bread, he broke it, he gave it to them, and at that moment, they recognized, recognized him. Does that ring a bell? Where have we read that before? Where did he take bread, break it, and give thanks? It's, it's, it's a bit of a trick question, because there's actually more than one time that he did that, isn't there? When did Jesus at another time take bread, break it, and give thanks? Do you remember what the event was? The fish and the loaves. That's right. Absolutely. There's another one too. At least one other one. Maybe more. Last Supper! Nailed it! So proud of you. And, and does anybody know from a Jewish mindset what the Last Supper was? What, what was the event? 
the Passover. Oh, I wish I had some of Kathleen's prizes. Oh, you get, you, get, you know, the B grade today for me. <laughs> oh, so, oh, we're supposed to turn that off so everybody can see me. Can we turn that off? Oh, you did, thanks. So, so here's the thing. They, the story, he took bread, broke it. It was the Passover story, and it was a reminder. You know how the Jews did it, right? They'd have a child like Isaiah. Isaiah would say, Daddy, why are we doing this? And Daddy would say, Tay would say, Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. And he would tell the story of the Passover and the Exodus, right? So it's in that context that Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, there's another Exodus you're gonna, that's coming, right? And uh, so here's the thing. One of the biggest characteristics of the wind being knocked out of us is that we feel alone. Can I ask that we all do this together, regardless of what age we are? I would like to ask that we all take a moment of, of maybe one minute of silence. And uh, this is just preparing us for communion and connecting a little bit. But I want you, and this comes up in the orange lesson too, I want you to think about a time, may, hope, preferably more recently, where you felt alone. Not that you were alone. There's a difference between feeling alone and actually being alone. You know, I actually felt alone with that big crowd of 25,000 people at the Sunrun for a bit, right? You can feel alone in a crowd. But I want you to think about where you felt alone for a moment. Can we do that? Let's take about one minute and just, just pay attention to our hearts again, kind of like we did at the beginning of the service. Just pay attention to that loneliness that you, you felt. Yeah, loneliness is just really acute. It's very, very real. We're a very lonely city, and it's in the church. It's not just, you know, out there. It's so, uh, but I believe Jesus is inviting us to something. Um, I believe that this COVID experience has been uh, an important wake-up call for us. And with regards to how the meal is God's, God's recognition software, Many of you have heard me tell the story when I, when Kathleen and I were parenting teens, and we actually still feel that way with our, our homestays, is we, we found that life was getting really chaotic uh, with schedules and everybody, you know, involved in this and that and, and after school stuff and sports. And so I found as a father, I had to fight for mealtimes, at least once a day, where we ate together. And what I found was if we had that, we were a family. And if we weren't, we were just roommates, right? And there was just something about the meal. I had no agenda except some, you know, nowadays we light a candle and, and have somebody pray a grace. But other than that, it's just open. We just, it just seems like the and not wolfing it down, phones away, media off, and we just are together. And then, we, and then it just seems like um, just amazing conversation will unfold. So I found that experience as a, as a, as a father as a, of teenagers particularly very, very important and, and showed me how vividly how important the meal is in the economy of God for us to connect. And I think that 
I think as a leadership team, we really felt that that was to characterize these four months. It's just finding ways to do it safely and wisely and, and, and come together. Even if it's just each bringing our own snack with a little extra for somebody next week, like we're going to do, have a shorter time, then create space for connecting. And I just want to tell you one more story. In this, I listened to a podcast this week, and um, Rob Bell was telling the story that they have this back house in uh, their, you know what a back house is? It's a lot of houses in California have this where you have the main house, then you have the back house. Not the outhouse, the back house. And it's kind of like a, a scaled down house. It's, you know, there's a living area, a visiting area, there's, you know, uh, and so his I, his, I think his daughter was like teen, you know, mid-teens, and she's going to have a sleepover. And so she asked if she could do it in her back house. And uh, so he rearranged, he, he's going to do it big for his daughter to have this sleepover. She was going to invite three of her friends, and they rearranged the furniture, got camping mattresses, set up a monster TV with an Xbox. They played Jack White's Corporation. Anyway, they, they, uh, he picked them up after school, and they were just pumped, right? So they go back, they go back, and they start their sleepover, and so he, he decides later in the evening to go and check on them to see how they're doing because, you know, he's got to go order the pizza and he wants to know if it's a good time. So he's getting ready to order the pizza. He goes in there and when he gets there, and remember, they all have cell phones. <laughs> they all have Xbox. They have the biggest screen in the world. They're, they're living between little Bangladesh and Koreatown and L.A. The whole world is around them and what are they doing? They're playing Uno. I love that. They're playing Uno, and that's what we need, an Uno revival. <laughs> we need, you know, and, and the other thing, I think there's a board game called the Game of Life. They were playing this board game. So it just, it, it, to me, that story was so descriptive of, of what we're dealing with right now. We've been so virtualized through this pandemic. And we're just sick of the screens. And, and, and no offense to those of you that are still on screen. We, something's better than nothing. It's good to connect in some way. But we just really are feeling this need to connect and, and come back together. So I think that's what Jesus' invitation is to us today.